Hello, everyone, and welcome to another riveting edition of Under the Floorboards, where we laugh at the creatures that go bump of the night. I am your host, John, who is always by my beautiful co-host, Eric. How are you this week? Fabulous. I know. Because I got to show you one of my favorite movies ever, and I'm pretty sure you fell asleep. <laughs> I fell asleep for two minutes. <laughs> there was a point where I was like, get it together, man. <laughs> It's all good. This is me on my artsy fartsy bullshit. And I know that, you know, sometimes on a chilly October afternoon when the sun's down at 430 and you've you've had a long day. And I've already alcohol, been drinking. Yeah, in your stomach, it's easier to just sink in those couch cushions than it is to unpack cerebral qualities of an art house film. Yeah, after doing a recording this morning, I was going to say, then getting you've been drunk at it pretty then... much all day. <laughs> Hit the ground running this morning. Um, but would you like to tell us the final installment of Erg Month? Yep, this is the Lighthouse Robert Eggers masterpiece, in my opinion. Um, and that's not even true because The Northman is just a better movie than this <laughs> is. But everything he does is fucking dope, in my opinion. So it's, sure. it's easy to see why I would choose this one, I guess. Yeah. Um, especially since there was a lighthouse in the previous movie. <laughs> I felt like the breadcrumb trail was there. <laughs> I like yeah. that that's the layover. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's always connected. Everything happens for a reason, trust me. I don't know. Was there even a fucking lighthouse? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think there was a lighthouse. I think he just fuck. He got his brains fucked out by a mermaid and fell asleep on a rock, <laughs> and then got eaten. Because that's what happens <laughs> when you fuck a mermaid. Do they drain your soul through mm-hmm. your cock? Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, the fish vagina, man, like it's just amazing, amazing. <laughs> And it's funny too because like I, I this was my first time watching it, but I put it to Eric as um, I know that this is this is probably an objectively great film that I just didn't like. Yeah, <laughs> this is one of those that for me is um, you have to really like shit like the rhyme of the ancient mariner. Yeah, you know what I mean. That kind of old. No. Early 1900s, <laughs> late 1800s, you know, perhaps late 1700s style of writing English um, and the dialogue and the exchanges and things like that. Mm-hmm. All the little slang terms that are thrown in there and the way it's acted and the way the lighting is used because he, mm-hmm. he shot this intentionally to look like films from like the dawn of filmmaking and things like that. Right. Um, with really centered and flat angles and things happening kind of in the corners that shouldn't really be included in the shot and stuff yeah. like that. You know what I mean? It, it's just it's just kind of funny the way that he put it all together. He's a very dedicated man mm-hmm. to the uh, the historical aspects of things, sure. which I like. In fact, he was talking about choosing the accents for these characters and basing them, like going back to like a language coach, mm-hmm. uh, a, histor- a historical expert on languages throughout you know American history or whatever. And this is what a person from here would have sound like if he was born in this year mm-hmm. you know <laughs> so shit like that is why i like him um however mermaid, isn't it? this is a slow burn that builds tension without really building any tension and it just leaves a lot of <laughs> it leaves a lot of shit there for you to interpret and pick up and sort of go sure. on your own journey with it so that's that's kind of why i like it because this is my like fourth or fifth time watching it and i have a different impression of this movie every time that i watch it or a different interpretation i should say every time i watch it and that's what's fun about it for me so yeah (laughs) Um, john likes it when the square peg goes in the square hole (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, for for me, like I'll, I'll go. I'll start off with the things that I really enjoyed about this movie. I really did like the cinematography a lot. Um, and w- with what you're talking about, with making it feel like it's classic film, you know, and having because I like we started watching it, and I was like, did this movie only come in full screen? And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like that's weird it came out like two years ago but um i guess um if that was the style choice i would be looking for a little bit more of like yeah like the striations you kind of get in film like when you're watching old school film Mm -hmm. little cigarette burns here and there and shit like that that's just me being nitpicky i mean it didn't really like do anything against the film like Mm -hmm. i said the cinematography was great um I think the reason that Eric picked this movie was because for reading the itinerary, there's two people. <laughs> yep. Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson playing um, what may be the same character in different ages. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Depending again on your interpretation of this movie. And that was kind of, that was really the only thing about this movie that I, I didn't love was trying to follow a storyline that's kind of not there Mm -hmm. because it's constantly flopping of what is reality and what is not Mm -hmm. but there's nothing to anchor you and it's like maybe nothing was real the entire time Mm -hmm. and i do hate shit like that so (laughs) my interpretation of this movie like i told you a minute ago was that it's very much an id versus ego thing Mm -hmm. i think that there are survival instincts kind of that animal side of us that preserve us and that there are also the human qualities of that uh inhibit us in our progress Mm -hmm. sometimes because we think we know better you know what i mean and um, I will save my like breakdown of what like the question being is this real is it not real like my and again it's just my opinion on it for the end of the movie um, but if you wanted to talk any more about first impressions or anything that's cool um, I actually uh, the only other thing I want to say is the sound design was really cool in this movie like they that did fog it- hat fog hat that fog <laughs> horn won't shut the Slow fuck up ride. <laughs> <laughs> now all you would hear is freddie mercury was at a lighthouse for a summer (laughs) (laughs) all the whales are coming up out of the ocean (laughs) 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 i like that when he does that a lot of times he'll tell the crowd to go fuck themselves afterwards All right, <laughs> but uh, no, that's that's really my first impression. Um, so I'm down to just fucking jump right into yep. it. Um, we start off on the vast seas. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Robert Pattinson upon the main. Yeah, up, upon the main, and he's there's this really beautiful shot that it opens up with. It was funny because like we watched this on DVD, so I thought that a lot of a lot of movies just like autoplay. And just jump right into it. So I thought when it was just like the lighthouse Mm -hmm. and then there's like the opening stuff to it. And then it goes play Mm -hmm. subtitles settings. I was like, oh, never mind. DVD menu. So so when we get into the actual movie, there's this gorgeous shot um, over Robert Pattinson's shoulder. (laughs) You're trying so hard to be impressed by anything in this movie. (laughs) There's this (coughs) gorgeous shot. (laughs) So there's this fucking cunt. I've got a gun pointed at his dick. Y'all can't see it. (laughs) Well, old boy, if this is how it ends, I hope you don't mind me speaking to kings. Uh, But it was a cool shot. Um, You know, you've got like the super gray seas for everyone who doesn't know this movie shot in black and Mm -hmm. white. Um, 
And I'm sitting there like, release the colored cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just Idris Elba and Michael B. Jordan instead. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's his, not what I meant. His neighbors gave him a really weird look through the window. Was... <laughs> um, but we're on the the darkened seas, yeah. as it were. The 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 barge splitting the waves as it arrives on this rock island where this lighthouse is, right? Because from what we can gather throughout the film, he is what is called a wiki. Mm-hmm. When a wiki, I guess, is the person who keeps the wick going right. for the exactly. lighthouse. Yeah, yeah. So what he does is, you know tends to the oils and helps the keeper with whatever he needs, including like painting the lighthouse and doing all of the like, essentially there's the, there's the light keeper and then there's the housekeeper mm-hmm. and that's what 100%. the wikis are. Right. Right. A hundred percent. And you see that you see the other guys like, like quickly leaving the house and him slowly walking up, which I think is a funny detail yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as they're trading shifts here. Hell. Um, so it takes a while for us to get the names of these characters. So I'm just going to go ahead and introduce our crew yeah. um, now because it kind of makes more sense to do it now. Um, Robert Pattinson's character is called Winslow for half of this movie. Um, Willem Dafoe's character is called Wake for most of this movie. Mm-hmm. And then we find another character um, called uh, Howard, Tom, Tom Howard. Or something like that. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those. <laughs> there's there's Thomas Howard, mm-hmm. there's Thomas Wake, and then there's Ephraim Winslow. So these are the three entities that are going to be in play here mm-hmm. throughout the throughout the duration of this. But I think you broke it down perfectly, so we can skip a little bit because there's mostly a lot of like power playing and asserting dominance from Wake. He's the older fella, mm-hmm. um, raging alcoholic, raging alcoholic, <laughs> and they they kind of have their assigning roles thing. He tends the light. Winslow does fucking everything else. <laughs> so they're having this conversation over dinner, basically breaking it down. And he Wake is already very leery of Winslow. He kind of sees him as somebody, oh, he's never tended the sea before. He's never been out in the waters like I have. And You don't come across as a reader. <laughs> in his Oshkosh Pagosh. <laughs> um, I, I, I really liked this first dinner that they have mm. because and this is probably like my favorite scene in the movie because it's just so funny is they, they like sit down for dinner and Willem Dafoe like pours Robert Pattinson uh whiskey in his cup mm-hmm. and he's like I don't drink and they kind of have like this rhetoric back and forth for a minute and he's like no I don't drink mm-hmm. I said I don't drink so he gets up and fu- like Robert Pattinson takes the cup and pours it out in the sink and I was like god damn dude the disrespect so then he pulls like Don't water. Don't you ever pour free alcohol like it, unless you physically can't drink it because you've had a bottle already. <laughs> Just give that shit to me. Don't be that guy. Or give it back to him. Right. That's what I'm saying. And I do get the part of because because <laughs> Willem Dafoe's like sitting in his chair like it's bad luck to not finish a toast, right. boy. We be only having two cups. <laughs> <laughs> so so Robert Pattinson fills his cup with water. And he gets back and he drinks it, just spits it everywhere. Yeah. And Willem Dafoe's just like <laughs> the cistern when he tended to first. <laughs> Fuck you, Pattinson. Which was uh, presumably based on their diet, some combination of like uh, lamp oil and diarrhea that he put in his mouth. <laughs> so, which is awesome <laughs> because he suddenly looks at the food and he's like, I can eat. <laughs> I got to wash this diarrhea and fucking oil out of my mouth. And it like, I know it's shot in black and white and the, and the lighting itself was mostly like 
lamplight yeah. for, for this scene specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like trying to look at the place. I'm like, I can't even decipher what the fuck <laughs> right, they're right, eating. Right. <laughs> All you need to know is that it's fucking food. Because it's an aerial shot of right. it. Like we're looking down <laughs> right. at the top of the plate. And I was like, I can't tell if that's like a vegetable or a clam mm-hmm. or cancer. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, it is. He's like cutting into a tumor. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You've hardly finished your cancer. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. <laughs> I'm not going to make the joke I was going to make. Um, Damn, I was really trying to give you the alley-oop. <laughs> no, that's okay. It was too far. It was way too far. Um, so uh, he he's like <laughs> extending the light and um, he Winslow walks out and sees him tending the light. Right? right. And he's like, huh, I guess he does tend the light. <laughs> he has this like moment of clarity where it's like, yep, he's doing his job. I'm going to kind of like, I guess they traded shifts or something like one works mostly during the day and one works mostly during yeah. night because he's like the light keeper, you mm-hmm. know, and that kind of shit. That's um, actually my favorite thing that Willem Dafoe says in this entire movie is, I am the keeper of the light. Right. <laughs> he was quoting the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like ascending <laughs> over the lighthouse. And Kingdom Hearts at the same time. <laughs> So um, he has a mermaid dream. Winslow has a mermaid dream. And it's about, you know, discovering like like this body floating in the water and he sinks in the water. Mm-hmm. And then it's making siren calls to him and shit. And he wakes up getting dribbled on by uh, fucking Wake. And they, sh- they yeah, I did make this note. They do trade shifts. And so Winslow starts choring. He's doing a lot of, you know, mix the shit together to make our mm-hmm. lamp solution for or whatever. I guess they used that in a lighthouse. Moving back coal. Then. I know, moving coal from point A to point yeah. B and shit like that. Um, when he makes it to the shed, which I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is the shed where Willem Dafoe stayed while they were filming this. <laughs> Um, because Robert Pattinson stayed in a hotel nearby and Willem Dafoe stayed in like a fisherman's house nearby the lighthouse. That checks out. <laughs> so... <laughs> we know who the better actor is. <laughs> right. Um, at the doorstep of the, or not the doorstep, at the bottom base of the steps leading up to the door, which I guess is a doorstep. Um, <laughs> sorry, it's been a long day for me too. Uh, he encounters a one-eyed seagull that's kind of being a, a little dick. One-eyed right? whack. Right. Um, so yeah. And so we established that the the seagull has has become our primary antagonist as far as we know right now. Dude, Edgar's hates birds. <laughs> I'm telling you. So I wonder who who was better was the seagull or the crow? Like I wonder who was easier to work with. Honestly, probably the seagull. You think so? Yeah, cuz you can just throw food down and it'll sit there. A crow thinks right. about shit. But a trained crow. A well-read crow. <laughs> He's just sitting there smoking a pipe. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Worms. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'd kill them both. So. <laughs> Berries. A hundred percent. This was this was a scene that you pointed out being really funny. Oh, because yeah. <laughs> I, I noticed immediately like that the, the seagull had one eye. Yeah. And, um, you know, he throws a fucking brick at it and the seagull's like fuck you and just sits there and screams at him for a minute <laughs> right. and then we sn- we snap into a uh, conversation 
with Winslow, mm-hmm. or not Winslow, or Let's see, there are two characters. Yeah. <laughs> Wake and Winslow, they both start with W's. That's why it's tough. Yeah, so I'm just gonna. And keep they're re- both named Thomas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so our Pats and fucking yeah. and fucking Defoe are mm-hmm. like having this conversation, and uh, Willem Defoe is just like. You threw that shit at the bird, didn't you? Mm-hmm. And he's just like, "No, I didn't. I wouldn't do that." Mm-hmm. He's like, "You're a liar!" It just starts like railing right. in on bad. Bad luck to be killing a seabird. It's bad luck to be Why? killing a seabird. Because it's bad luck <laughs> to be killing a seabird. <laughs> I was like, "Okay, okay." I don't make the rules of the curse, boyo. <laughs> right, right. The, be- the plot's got to move along somehow. You better start believing in ghost stories, because <laughs> you're in one. You're in one. <laughs> <laughs> turn to ash in our mouths and he really does because he's doing this whole thing where he's like kind of being the buddy now he's like no mm-hmm. this is a time for gab and chatter there will be time for work stories later you know and shit so please drink this shit and everything mm-hmm. um i was going to point out the scene that i just thought this was funny this is actually what i was referencing when i said i thought you really enjoyed this sequence but it was when he was uh uh like fucking breaking his back trying to get this massive oil drum oh. to the top of the lighthouse <laughs> <laughs> and, and Wake is like, what the fuck are you doing? Next time use this and hands him one that's like one fifteenth the size. <laughs> He's like, and now take that back out downstairs where you found it and fill this up and bring it back up. And he, he gives him this look. That's like, it was so classic. I. <laughs> Just say I. So so uh, my favorite part about that scene, though, was he does have a moment where he is this where he also looks up and he sees the like tentacle and shit. Or is that uh, that's in a second? Yeah. Oh, OK. There's another full day of choring. Um, this is where we paint the lighthouse and everything. And we have that. Uh, conversation. This was so funny. They, <laughs> where he just <laughs> drops him on his ass. <laughs> he fell. <laughs> you dumb bastard. Um, but while they're while he's choring, there is this exchange where um, Wake tells Winslow. If I tell you to tear this shit down and put it back together again, you'll do it, basically, because yeah. I'm your boss. That's I'm a the, great model. I'm, I'm the one that decides whether or not you get paid at all when your time oh, he comes. He went Tarantino you, you know on this I mean? guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was funny, because, again, it's assertion of dominance. This will help me prove my point later on. Mm-hmm. Um, so the seagull comes again one night, rapping at the door, or rapping at the window. Um, and this is when he, if I'm not mistaken, he finds the mermaid trinket earlier in the mattress, but this is when he actually like starts masturbating to the mermaid trinket. And it was one of those weird, I, I guess times were hard. (laughs) There wasn't porn yet. That's what I'm saying. I guess like he saw some like little painted nipples on a little porcelain mermaid and was like, that's enough. (laughs) Also like I can work with this. He was only supposed to be here for four weeks. Mm -hmm. So right. Right. Um, And this is that part of the movie where there's not a whole lot that goes on in terms of progressing the story. It's a lot of the next day and the next day and the next day. So you're supposed to be getting a feel for like the sequence of events and how they're very cyclical by nature. Right. Well, because they also keep bouncing back and forth with um, Willem Dafoe makes a a handful of comments throughout this where he's like almost gaslighting. Mm hmm. Robert Pattinson to once once the movie starts to really move along a little bit more, which I guess kind of happens after they realize that no one's coming to get them. Right. And 
you get a lot of that. You don't even know how long we've been here. Has it been mm-hmm. two days? Has it been five weeks? Mm-hmm. You have no concept of fucking right. time anymore. Uh, what's, what's your fucking name even? You tell <laughs> you tell me who you are today. You know what I mean? And what you the situation? Shut the fuck up when you're talking to me. Is, which is great because again, it's more of that domination tactic and things yeah. like that. Mental. That's kind of that uh, Sun Tzu kind of shit, right? Yeah. Uh, take them mentally first, <laughs> and then you'll break them physically, right? Unless he was breaking himself the whole right. time. Right. <laughs> So um, they have an exchange one night where Wake admits that he's uh, married and has kids and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. But he's like, but the light loves me, not like her. She's quieter, first of all. <laughs> you know, and so he, he considers her like married to the light and uh, himself married to the light, I should say. They exchange some stories about like their past. And um, uh, Winslow talks about his goals, about how he, you know, I've, I heard you can make a thousand dollars a year working a lighthouse. So I was like, hmm, <laughs> it is. 1840 to 1920 I yeah, could that's uh, a thousand dollars would make me very very rich yeah um and so they have a uh, lobster dinner together and they finally get drunk like he yeah. finally gets him to drink the booze and everything and uh he he learns his name and that kind of thing um so what happens that kind of moves this thing along is that Winslow goes out one morning um, and finds that the oil has been polluted by this dead bird that's in mm-hmm. it or whatever. I guess, I don't know. He found a feather in it. I couldn't tell because it was in black and white. <laughs> oh, it was, no, it was a full-on bird that was still alive. Right, but like he, oh, okay. he poured it out of the little spigot and was like, that's not what it's supposed oh. to look like. And so he goes outside <laughs> and finds this whole bird laying in the thing. <laughs> the one-eyed seagull comes down and is like, what are you going to do about this? Right. This is a test. Are you going to help save the bird? And he's like, no. (laughs) So the seagull attacks him again, and he starts beating the fucking shit out of this seagull by slamming it against the well. And mind you, the reason that it is bad luck to kill a seabird Mm -hmm. is because they hold the souls of people that died at sea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So realistically, what he's doing is... Uh, disturbing the dead mm-hmm. in a sense the by albatross like... around your neck kind of <laughs> shit all over again you know what I mean yeah and I mean we I, I liked the cinematography in this scene because it wasn't stagnant mm-hmm. but, and we just watched Robert Pattinson beat a bird to death <laughs> for right. like five minutes right. <laughs> <laughs> he beat this motherfucker so long that the bird itself got longer <laughs> Like, he holds it up and it looks like... That's why I masturbate a lot. (laughs) Fun fact. (laughs) Oh, she's getting bigger! (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Torg! (laughs) You're going nowhere. Yeah, so realistically, (laughs) his life is full of masturbation, Willem Dafoe, and seagulls right right now. Mm Mm-hmm. At least he can masturbate. And 100%. at least he finally, like, caved and started drinking, because I don't know how he sat through that shit sober. Right. <laughs> um, the next morning, as he's emptying the shit cans, which just in, basically involves picking up the shit cans underneath each other's bed and throwing it into the ocean. Right. right which is awesome. Um, he uh, finds a... He finds a that the storm has arrived. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's now raining hard and the winds. Oh, split, oh, right. Oh, oh, oh. Right. And he finds a proper mermaid washed up on the rocks and everything. Um, let me find this actress's name because I didn't mention her and she is credited. Uh, Valeria Caraman. Okay. Played the mermaid. Um, and he. <laughs> Valerian Steel, got right. it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he gave her the. Uh, the what was the uh, sword called in Game of Thrones? Oathbreaker? Widow's Whale. Oh. Uh, was, was the. Yeah, gave her the old widow's way, which is amazing <laughs> that we're connecting these dots now. 
telling you, it's all about interpretation. Um, <laughs> so really, this was a symbol of Game of Thrones. <laughs> right. This was a reference to uh, Joffrey's sword. Um, now, she is, for all intents and purposes, fucking gorgeous. And he's like, oh, my God, she's so hot. Gets down to the shoulders. Oh, my God, she's so hot. Gets down to the tits. Oh, my God, she's so hot. Down into the the, the you know the rib area. Oh, my God, she's got gills. <laughs> it keeps going down. Oh, my God, it's a fucking mermaid. <laughs> With a giant mermaid pussy. Holy shit. <laughs> Look at the size of that pussy. That was the other thing, too, dude. That was cavernous. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. I couldn't tell if he was a wicker or a mm-hmm. fucking spelunker. Right. <laughs> So what's funny about this is she kind of starts screaming at him again, starts sirening towards him and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and he comes to again inside the home, right? And or inside oh, he the, came the light, too. right? Inside the lighthouse itself, um, to which he is um, greeted by <laughs> by Wake, and they both go outside and share this scene that was so fucking funny to me, where they're just standing on the the edge of the rock, getting kind of blown back and forth by the wind. <laughs> just standing perfectly still and everything and they go back inside <sighs> guess the boat's not coming <laughs> it's like they were out there for a full hour or something just weathering this shit eric goes yep it's raining <laughs> They're so, like, the inspector's not gonna come right at least not until we wade through this storm mm-hmm. the damp's gone to the provisions we're gonna have to start rationing rationing for what I've been telling you to ration for weeks and you won't fucking do it. And you keep talking about missing the boat. You missed the boat four weeks ago, you know, and shit like that. And he's like, huh? Yeah, this is the point where I'm just kind of like, scales start tipping, right? Well, not even just that. But like, again, it's it's the time stamping thing that fucks me up really hard. Because I and I know that that's part of like the cerebral aspect for this movie specifically. (laughs) Right. Um, Annihilation just didn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Because in this movie. It was weird that it kept bouncing back and forth because the person who's essentially the timekeeper as well throughout mm-hmm. this is Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. And whilst he is gaslighting mm-hmm. Robert Pattinson, he doesn't actually have a good idea of how long they've been there sure. either because he makes a comment. If that if he missed the boat four weeks ago, that means they've been here for eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Later on, we'll have a scene where he's like, we've been here for five weeks. And I'm just mm-hmm. like... Right. And I don't think that's time skipping for time skipping sake. I do think that this story is completely oh. linear. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, I know that it was intentional in this movie. I think movie. it's diversionary. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's some like, you know homoerotic shit that goes down in this movie too and some kind of like don't ever leave me and things like that you know what i mean it could could be isolation it could be whatever driving this force or whatever but the concept being that he does genuinely enjoy winslow's company and like the idea of letting him go is probably akin to like him letting go of the one thing that's holding himself sane Mm -hmm. talking about wake here yeah sure you know um, so that's that's what's so funny about or interesting about the it is funny, but it's also interesting about this sequence because this is the first time we start seeing Winslow um, sort of succumbing to the the quote unquote madness he's mm-hmm. slipping into and everything. So apparently that's due to alcoholism. <laughs> True, especially what they were drinking that would probably fuck you up. Yeah, yeah, they're drinking like one fifty one whiskey. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they do go. I've got some provisions stored under the lighthouse. <laughs> Dig, dig. It's a whole box of more alcohol. Aye, there she is. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it, it, like the the look on Robert Pattinson's face when he holds up and pulls the the top off of the bottles of alcohol. He's just kind of like, dude, what the what the. I fuck? guess I'm an alcoholic now. This is all I have. Might as well enjoy. <laughs> this it. is all yeah. I'm gonna eat. So. Right. <laughs> What's interesting about the exchange that they have this night as they're drinking is that Wake tells him a different story about how he lost his leg. Mm-hmm. Instead of it having to do with like nuns or whatever he was talking about at the beginning, he talks about a gangrene infection that took his leg. And mm-hmm. that it, was, it was the same shit that was like scurvy in people's gums and their teeth falling out, you know, and shit mm-hmm. like that. He was like, and uh, he makes a note of that. And he's like, you told me this. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. And I hate your fucking food. No, you don't. I do hate your food. <laughs> but you like my lobster, don't you? <laughs> you like it. I've seen it. <laughs> you enjoy my lobster. One of the most brilliant acting performances ever. <laughs> and the situation to me was so fucking stupid. <laughs> like, if I had a steak right now, I'd fuck it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Brilliant delivery. Mm-hmm. And I was just like. Because I felt that way about steak before. I've I've been there where I need a fucking steak so badly that I would fuck it instead of eating it. <laughs> this man's completely out of his mind, right? And so this is this is to me where I start. So how do you fuck the steak? Like, what what would your plan be? Do you do you take it from the oh, side? I don't fucking no. Yeah, I'd probably just drill a hole, like a hole in the middle, and fuck it like a soap bar. You know what I mean? What the fuck do you mean? Like a soap like that's what like you drill a hole in the fucking soap bar and then it's just like a masturbator. You just fucking it self lubricates your dick because it's soap. (laughs) I got this idea from James Franco, which is even funnier. (laughs) Yeah, that's why it's called. That's why it's called Dove Men's Care. Because <laughs> it's fine for your wiener. <laughs> right. oh my God. It cares for men. Oh, man. If you guys do that, let us know. Because yeah. I've never I'm heard of that. Curious. Yeah, I've never heard yeah. of that in my life. Yeah. James Franco, everybody. Is it nice? Yeah. I've never done it before. I don't know. <laughs> I don't I just, <laughs> that's just what I've heard. I don't know. <laughs> I don't need like apparatuses to have an orgasm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I'm just way too fucking lazy for that. <laughs> right. <laughs> you imagine someone coming into your house and there's a fucking hole in your bar soap. Well, now we know. Right. You can also gauge like their girth based on it too. Like, there's so many layers to the ammo you'll have on this person based on the status of their soap. Yeah, oh, this it- guy uses Dr. Squatch. Holy shit. <laughs> this dude's clearly Irish. Because <laughs> what's that What's that brand called? It's like Irish, Irish Spring. And, you know, Irish yeah. Spring. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more like Irish Sprung. Mm-hmm. Am I right? There you go. There it is. Gross. There she blows. <laughs> I, can't, I can't get over that. I can't get over that fucking concept. Right. The fact that people are fucking their soap. Right. I- Listen. Don't shoot the messenger. That's all I'm saying. Everybody who's listening, they're like, Eric's 100% done this. How does he know so much about this? I'm just trying not to gaslight you about it, (laughs) but you definitely fucked that. No, I've never done that before. I genuinely have never done that before. I promise. I've never fucked a steak either. You like carve a name in the top of the (laughs) fucking. This foodie doll's weird. How far can we take this bit? Because Linda's just sitting in a fucking park somewhere and just out of nowhere. Oh! <laughs> uh, uh. 
I got her hair. <laughs> That's so fucking grimy. It's awesome. It's pubic hair. Cause it's, uh... <laughs> Hello, everyone. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. If you would like to be able to support us, some of the best ways to do that are by leaving us a review, preferably a good one, on whatever streaming service you are listening to right now that helps our algorithm and boosts us in, as well as liking or pre-saving our episodes. If you would like to be able to support us directly, the best way to do that is by joining our Patreon, the lowest price at $3 a month, which gives you access to commercial-free, exclusive interviews, bonus episodes, and a plethora of other things. We definitely have other uh, standard levels as well. However, that is, in fact, the cheapest and easiest way to help us so thank you guys so much for listening today either way thank you for the support if you'd like to know anything that's coming up event wise for us make sure to follow us on instagram at under the floorboards five again that's under the floorboards five and check out our patreon at patreon.com backslash under the floorboards see you there enjoy the show Um, anyway, we, we get to probably, for my money, is what the best acted sequence in this movie is. And it's Willem Dafoe uh, dropping a Poseidon curse down on, on Winslow here. Mm-hmm. I can't quote it. For not liking his lobster. For not liking his lobster. And just being an uppity old uh, uppity bitch yeah. throughout this <laughs> entire you know journey with him and everything. Um, fun fact about this sequence is that this was shot in one take. So Willem Dafoe did not blink for two minutes while they filmed this, and it apparently only took one shot, and then they got it. That's why he's so expensive. Mm-hmm. Right. He's so good. He will do it. <laughs> he will do it in one take. I was really hoping that, like, because by, by this point, and they make, the, I mean, obviously they're both drunk, because Willem Dafoe is drunk this entire movie, and Pattinson is, like, on the first side of us seeing him plastered mm-hmm. literally against the wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was waiting for... In, in fucking... Fear, fear, like in terror, right? Well, kind of. I think he was just like... (laughs) He was also drunk as fuck. Exactly. Seeing Willem Dafoe lit like that, screaming words like that at me would make me scared too. (laughs) So the camera goes to behind Willem Dafoe, and this this is actually an amazing shot, just like how blacked out the like the the way he shot that like you're talking about earlier where it's like some stuff shouldn't be in there but it is and the way it developed was re- was really nice but you see uh Pattinson sitting up against the wall with the bottle in his hand like against the ground and he just goes I like your food <laughs> <laughs> But I was really hoping that we were going to come back and he was going to be asleep because <laughs> <Dead> asleep. <laughs> he's just shit faced against the wall. Because that seems like the disrespectful fuck he would be. <laughs> he would fall asleep during this historical monologue. Um, you're talking about the lighting. I noted it this time watching it that the shadows uh, shadows on his eyes were being cast by his eyelids. That's how extreme this lighting was. <laughs> the angle, the upward facing angle of this light. Hark! <laughs> Poseidon! Hark! <laughs> yeah. Uh, Great scene. Yeah. That I was, can't quote any of it, but it's so beautiful. The yeah. word, the words and the alliteration and the descriptive writing and everything was crazy. Yeah. Um, this was apparently incidentally written by Robert and his brother Max. 
what th- this entire movie. So all of these, all this language and usage of all these words and everything, the dude that directed it and like helped direct it, I guess, mm-hmm. also wrote it, which I think is really cool. Hell so yeah! Talk about talk about being multidimensional. Yeah. Um. Which yeah. Anyway, I just thought that was really sick. So, do you have anything else you want to talk about this scene? Because this is kind of like getting into Act Three here at this. Yeah, because because that's part of it, man. Is like <clears throat> we're already there. Yeah the the <laughs> the story progresses so quickly because of like we we're like we were saying like there's so much day to day, and there's not like a lot of weirdness that he was like harping on. Mm-hmm. It was just incidents that would happen very quickly. Um. So. Makes sense that we're already here. I was going to (laughs) say, suffice it to say that, like, if you haven't seen this movie and you do watch it, what you're going to pick up on is that um, there is a lot of little, like I said, breadcrumbs and details that you'll need to pick up about, like, what Mm. he, what is the log book and, like, does he wear the glasses that he wears and shit Mm -hmm. like that? How many, you know, whatever the fuck. There's a lot of stuff. And that's what I mean when I say building tension without building tension is it's giving you information Mm -hmm. that you can use to piece together later and the grand puzzle of this movie, you know? Um, So just. Actually, if you if you haven't seen it and you want to watch it, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say before we get into Act Three, there's one scene that we did skip over that was really important, mm-hmm. and it was uh, there's two instances that we kind of get a view of up in the lighthouse. Yeah. One is like Willem Dafoe's like masturbating or yeah. something, and then we have like <laughs> his load falls like just <laughs> inches from from, <laughs> from Pat, our Pat's face. face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of like goes up to look and like is that oh yeah that's that that's exactly what that is this yeah. is the semen of a killer Bella. right i like <laughs> <laughs> oh i get it i get it because they're seamen yes okay there it is <laughs> holy shit we're getting naughty cool holy this week I just can't believe we haven't made a Twilight reference until now. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> Probably because we respected his his role <laughs> right, right. so much in this movie. <laughs> People didn't start giving Robert Pattinson credit until this movie came out. That's yeah. that, that's how great the effect of of Twilight was on his He was career. really good in Water for Elephants. Mm-hmm. I thought so, too. Yeah. And there's a, a really obscure movie that not a lot of people have seen called Remember Me, mm-hmm. where he his brother dies in the World Trade Center attacks, and so it's about, like, recovering from that and everything. He's and then, English. Right. Well, <laughs> see, he's, he's American in the movie. Well, I, I would think so. <laughs> <laughs> so, as an American during the World Trade Center attacks... He's coping with that and falling in love with a girl. And that just everything. doesn't feel like cultural appropriation to me. So check this out. <laughs> <laughs> the cool part about this movie is his dad works in New York City, so he goes mm-hmm. up to his office at the end of the movie and he looks out the building and he sees a plane coming towards them. And it, he looks like you see like some buildup, and it turns out that this is September 11th, 2001. His brother died in the first World Trade Center attack, and so the plot twist is that he dies during 9/11. And it's a really, really good heavy hitting movie. It's centered around a romance and that kind of thing. But the way mm-hmm. that they handle grief in that movie is fucking phenomenal. And and the context of nine eleven and everything. So Interesting. I, I've been singing Robert Pattinson's praises for a really long time. He was also a great Cedric Diggory, and nobody ever wants to talk about that. I didn't he, care enough about Harry Potter. Okay, that, that's all yeah, it was. Was like sure. I like I'm like this is cool. Yeah. My my partner loves Harry Potter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I just I've only ever and I didn't even really think Twilight as a whole or his performance in twilight was that bad i think it was just oh it's the fact that the movie is bad it's the fact that the movie was bad (laughs) like i can understand the appeal of the books and everything sure 
The movies are fucking wild. We got we got to do Twilight. We got to watch all uh, four, all five. Uh, How many Twilight movies are there? Because it's going to be that. There's Ke- like six, dude. It's a saga. It's going to be that Kelsey podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna do a deep dive in Twilight. We're gonna have to do a video of it though, so everybody can watch me blow my fucking brains out <laughs> right. on YouTube for evidence. <laughs> <laughs> when I, I catch an assisted suicide charge, shut up! Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> that was actually a Robert Pattinson impression from this movie. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I I guess we could do Twilight. It, it would be so funny to do Twilight. It would be so fun. We don't even have to do the whole fucking saga. We can just do the one movie. And Wait, I uh, will. I, I you know I think the the middle ground here is we do it, but I'm not going plot point by plot point. No, we just talk about Twilight. <laughs> yeah, we just talk about Twilight yeah. films. <laughs> Because I know, I know people want to hear us talk about Twilight. I know that's going to be the secret to getting more patrons. <laughs> <laughs> we give the people what they want. We're going to do it all in Trump voice for New Moon. <laughs> sit down. You're a werewolf. You're a sit werewolf. Down. Sit down. Sit down. You're not part of the family. You're not. You're not a vampire. <laughs> this is the worst. This is the worst deal between lichens and vamps. Maybe I, I call them vamps because we're we're close like that. <laughs> because I can. And because I I'm more of an ambassador to mm-hmm. everybody. A vamp ambassador. <laughs> of, of ambassador. Thank yeah, you, yeah. thank you. That's why you're on the stage with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, get those lights off. <laughs> Turn them off. They're too bright. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Can't believe this fucker was our president, dude. I can. <laughs> Ronald Reagan was a president. I can't believe, I can't believe we did that. <laughs> on a on a totally unrelated unrelated. Uh, we're trying uh, to fill yeah. this episode up with content uh, for you guys. Not not even that. Well, I was thinking about. Um, I saw this uh, clip the other day, and it was with Omarosa, who was on The Apprentice with Trump. Okay. But it was some fucking reality show that I guess exists now that I'm never gonna watch. But it's like reality TV villains, mm-hmm. and it's but they made the mistake of putting Tiffany, aka New York from Flavor of Love, on it too. <laughs> Omarosa tried to call her out and be like, "You said you'd never fucking vote for me on this show," and, he, and she just goes, "Yeah, well, it's mostly because you're a fucking bitch," and like just <laughs> starts like laying into Omarosa, and it was one of the funniest. It like. <laughs> It was one of the funniest fucking things I've seen in my entire existence. Hell yeah. Because those were the villains we grew up with. It's true. And that's why I think my opinion was tarnished (laughs) from the start. But it is what it is. Um, Back to reality here, as Mm -hmm. it were. Um, Winslow takes it upon himself. And and I think this is the moment you're talking about with Mm -hmm. him. Because he really wants to see what's up with the light. Yeah. What's so enchanting about the light. So he takes it upon himself to um, steal the key. Mm-hmm. And while he's attempting to steal the key, he notes that he has a knife in his hand and this fucker's asleep and I can end this whole thing right now. <laughs> when he, he lunges, he squeaks the floorboards and, and uh, Wake comes back to, you know, he wakes up. Mm-hmm. I was trying to avoid using Wake twice in the sentence. Wake um, wakes. Wake wakes. <laughs> and he kind of has that eye twitches, eye looks down, kind of makes that like squinty and he says, queer way to be wearing your shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is how everybody treats me and my all birds. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, his shoes are just like, yes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 
and he says, I just didn't want to wake you. He's, and he says some kind of exchange, and it, they it, basically nothing happens from this, right? Um, he ends up going back to work to keep his shift going. But to masturbate. Time, he's masturbating and drinking feverishly, like <laughs> what, like hilarious amounts of alcohol. Like, you would be fucking dead. You know and, what I mean? And they're, they're kind of, this is where, like, the montage shit happens. Exactly. And we're literally seeing everything that we've seen so mm-hmm. far with a couple extra clips like mm-hmm. now we're seeing like the mermaid pussy mm-hmm. and him fucking the mermaid right and it, like feverishly drinking also with willem dafoe in some right. sections which is also weird he the one thing that i want to point out during the sequence is that he does discover the former wiki the former second mm-hmm. dafoe's character's former second the role that he is currently in missing an eye mm-hmm. so now we know that the one-eyed seagull was, you know, the wiki, right? That sure. he, he had already, like, that he had offed himself or he had been killed or he got, whatever. Who what, gives a whatever shit, right? Yeah, whatever happened, happened. He did. <laughs> oh, he did. So, like you said, there's a lot of drinking and singing and, um, uh, another dinner sa- scene, I guess. It's mostly just them drinking at this point because there is no food. Um, <laughs> But he admits that he took the name Winslow from somebody that he watched die in a logging accident when he mm-hmm. was cutting timber up in Kennedy. <laughs> um, and so his name is also Thomas. It's Thomas Howard or Howell or whatever the fuck. It's something like that. And um, they have the whole exchange about, you know, why'd you spill your beans, right? Why'd you <laughs> spill your beans? He revealed this deep, dark secret about himself mm-hmm. that he basically has been sort of drifting to and from different places like he was accused of earlier. Mm-hmm. But in a way that he was running from the fact that he could have saved this man's life, but because he used to tease him all the time, he kind of just let it happen. And so he believes fully heartedly that he's a piece of shit. Right. And now Wake has more ammo to use to manipulate him. Now he's got trauma to use to manipulate him, (laughs) which is infinitely more potent. (laughs) So he takes the dory out, which is just a small boat, and he's just trying to leave. (laughs) Wake comes out, don't you leave me. (laughs) He busts it up with an axe and everything, and then they go back inside. He's like, "Ah, why'd you just try to destroy our only boat? (laughs) He's like, what? (laughs) Take the knife out of your pocket. You don't be needing it. Too dangerous to be holding that. You better start believing in ghost stories. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And yeah, it and this again was like part of the like gaslighting too of him just being like, but you're crazy. Mm-hmm. You're crazy. But am I or are you crazy? Are we all crazy? Uh, right. And there's that thing about I'll report you to the fucking lighthouse committee of northern New England or whatever the fuck. And he's like, <laughs> I'll report you to the northern lighthouse community of, you know, New Throws England. Up. Right. <laughs> 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 And in his uh, spill of vomit in the water that's that's in the house now because a wave crashes, they start drinking and being buddies again and everything. Oh, this is when they start drinking oil and glue. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so they're fucked up now. What are you making? A boiler maker? <laughs> and in the water floating is the log book. And you want to talk about the log book for a second? Well, I, I was trying to honestly understand the log book. I think. Because is this when we kind of like have, well, they don't show us what's in it. Yeah, well, they do. He he talks about it later when he brings it back out and is like, this is what this page says. This is what this page uh, says. Okay. And, kind of, and basically it's a record of him for like 
months on this island, basically being a piece of shit, being violent, being, you know, uh, insubordinate in general and that kind of thing. 365. (laughs) (laughs) And he, um, Wake has written in there that he is um, recommending him for suspension without pay. Oh, okay. And that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And so that's kind of like the main, the big trigger is that. I didn't realize it was from that book. He's, yeah, he's going to keep him here forever but whenever he finally does realize he's like haha you don't get any money fuck you you know what I mean I guess is the whole idea right don't pay this guy over here um, he has this sequence during a dream where he um, finds Wake out on the balcony of the lighthouse and when he rolls it over it's him and then when he turns around it's like naked. they both look it's too like, it's, it's so like, funny it's like naked German painting Willem Dafoe <laughs> like beams of light coming through his eyes which is based on a painting called Hypnosis by the way that shot is okay um, so that's what that is come back to me <laughs> you're still under my control and shit like that right it's kind of the idea I right (laughs) so yeah and And now we're kind of at the climax i suppose yeah um so the house has been completely destroyed Mm -hmm. we because we go back to like drinking oil and shit this place is a sty (laughs) (laughs) this place is a sty winslow clean this up because the waves had come in and broken through the windows right. and crashed everything in the house. Um, Crazy mermaid seagull storm or whatever yeah. the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like flapping their uh-huh. wings next to the window to throw the water through. <laughs> it's like every hurricane that's caused mass destruction around the globe has just been somebody killing a seagull the day before. <laughs> um, and actually, part of that scene, too, where we get the logbook, the only thing I do want to say is I, this was a moment where I was just kind of like, ugh. Because he, he like goes to pick up the book and just starts throwing up in the water <laughs> right. that the house is submerged in, mm. and he's just like in his mm. own vomit. And I was like, uh, mm, mm, mm. that's how I feel about people who piss in the shower. Just piss in the hole. Like you're standing in your piss now. Not you, if you piss in the hole. Like that per, that person that like stands back to. the Also, water. urine is sterile. You need to calm down. And I disagree with that. Well, science says otherwise. I don't think that that's true. I don't think that... Somebody comment and tell us if urine is sterile. Because I don't want to put that in my search history. Right next to soap bar dildos. Soap bar bucket. It's the the fucking fight club one you can get online. I was going to say, because you... Because you know that that shit exists. You know that they have those, like, made, right? Oh. Like, somewhere. That that's an actual product. They're refillable. Like, you could just slip another soap bar It's, like, there. moisturizing so people justify it. You know what I mean? Oh, my cock's so moist. <laughs> I'm so hard and so soft at the same time. <laughs> Holy shit. It wouldn't be Eric Month if it wasn't this gay. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, so he's standing in a pool of his own vomit, essentially. Because vomit just doesn't go anywhere, apparently. Yeah, vomit is not sterile. (laughs) Um, So we have the sequence where he, like I said, he brings the book out and starts throwing his shit back in Wake's face and everything. They have another exchange that ultimately, like like a fight, like a proper fist Mm -hmm. fight ensues, right? A game of fisticuffs. Mm-hmm. There were fisticuffs they just, back then. They really, yes. ju- they really just start choking each other yeah. simultaneously. Yeah. That I thought was funny as shit. 
<laughs> and Wake gives Winslow a little pop to the nose, mm-hmm. and he like freaks out. He's like, oh, you know, dazed or whatever. And then the mermaid hands come back up on his face and everything. And then he looks uh. down and he sees the dude that died in the logging accident instead of the mermaid. And then the logging hands are on his face. And then he looks down and he sees like weird like Poseidon. Willem, Willem Dafoe, Dafoe. <laughs> and there's like tentacles up behind Robert mm-hmm. Pattinson now and like I thought something was about to happen mm-hmm. and this was going to be awesome right like he's he was Poseidon the yeah. whole time and he was fucking with <laughs> I told, a mortal I, was saying, I told you during the movie that I wanted Willem Dafoe to wind up being the mermaid the whole time yeah, right. that Robert Pattinson fucks because picture that <laughs> Peter. <laughs> it's just like fucking Costanza on the couch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Timeless art seduction, yes. 100%. I know the piece well. <laughs> it's hanging in my bathroom. My buddy has that as his magic playmat. <laughs> that was my favorite thing. <laughs> because I just see it out of my periphery. I was just like... <laughs> uh, it's so good. Um, so what essentially happens is through this weird fucking mental breakdown that Robert Pattinson's having in the midst of this fight, he starts beating the shit out of not Willem Dafoe, Willem Dafoe. Right. And then all you hear is, you're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying. I'm dying. So he's like, oh, fuck. And I was like, oh, maybe there's going to be some resolution well, here. it's morally wrong for me to kill things. Meanwhile, go, jump to outside where he's got fucking Willem Dafoe on a leash. Because that's what he says. He says, bark like a dog, boy. Yeah. And you just say, woof. <laughs> so the this is where, in my opinion, the domination, the hierarchy has shifted mm-hmm. again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and like you said, he's, he's got Willem Dafoe on a leash and just makes him get down in his liquor hole so he can like bury him. Bury me, bury me. <laughs> And that it doesn't really amount to anything because he immediately like pulls him back up out mm-hmm. of the and they go back inside. Um, at that point, Willem Dafoe grabs an axe and takes it to uh, Robert Pattinson's shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, he takes it out of his shoulder and one hands it and kills <laughs> Willem Dafoe that time. You know, like for good. He's, one he, one time. He's dead, dead now. Right? <laughs> yeah. Because you see like ten gallons of blood come right up off of just... one little like half-assed. <laughs> Off of Robert Pattinson's Twinkie swing. Englishman's <laughs> probably non-dominant hand. Willem Dafoe would kill Robert Pattinson. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 100%. So now we have the keys. Yep. And we we're, ascend we're, to the lighthouse. Ascend so, to the lighthouse. So this is where when he makes it to the lighthouse and it stops spinning and it opens up and sort of welcomes him into the light. He, You said, Eggers, don't do some cuck shit. <laughs> And then precisely 25 seconds later, you said, God damn it. (laughs) So what do you think the light was? I don't know. I wish the storyteller would fucking tell me. (laughs) Because we're talking about some real abstract shit here. Yeah, it is some abstract shit. (laughs) Uh, Is is that your your answer? (laughs) Well, I'm 70% sure that it was a light. Um, (laughs) I agree. uh, I don't know. Maybe it's a light into your soul. Maybe. I don't fucking know. I, I, it's I like a to, mirror. That's uh, that's it's actually just a lighthouse. I was gonna say I like to think that it's very literal in this case. I don't think that the light is metaphorical. I think he quite literally just put his hands on a burning fucking hot like source of light in this lighthouse with the oil all over his body and began like in like self 
incinerating or self-immolation is what I'm mm-hmm. thinking of. Uh, for the sake of feeling something, he finally got to the light and that kind of thing. And he's so fucking insane and out of his mind and everything at this point that he enjoys it for what it is. However, he falls through the hole <laughs> and three stooges Ooh. his way all the way down 250 <laughs> stairs. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> Well, that was the fucked up part, was he literally hits the bottom of the stairs and he says something. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> so we get a blackout and we come back to, and it's Robert Pattinson with his, This is actually really funny because the first thing you see is a bird with one eye shitting on his chest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> Who beat who last? Right. Um, So Robert Pattinson has one eye and his body is being eaten Mm -hmm. by seagulls and like his intestines are in his hands and it's a very visceral fade out from there. But where he was was where the lighthouse would have been. So what the fuck was everything like was any of this real i think that it's the i think it's supposed to be a sisyphus kind of thing where he's atoning for his sins by doing the same thing over and over again trying to escape the lighthouse trying to escape the shit and what it is because there's the symbolism of having your left eye removed and everything and like the x wiki had his left eye removed Mm -hmm. the seagull had uh, no left eye and everything Mm -hmm. And I think he's sort of stuck in this loop of never being able to atone for, like, his shit, right? His his unwillingness to do anything about potentially saving a life is, like, murder, I guess, or whatever in its own way and shit like that. And so him lying on the beach is him recounting everything that happened as he's being eaten alive by seagulls and disemboweled by seagulls and stuff like that. And the reason that I say that is because I think that that lines up pretty well with the shit like how did his how did Wake's leg get removed? How did he lose mm-hmm. his leg? Well, when we go through trauma and we're trying to t- put the pieces back together in our head, we lose details. Sure. We start making up our own <clears throat> shit to like fill in the blanks and that kind of thing to justify what we did in response to what this person who traumatized me did and stuff like that. Whether that truly happened or not, it's in our head and that's what we're replaying and shit like that. It's kind of like when you experience something um and you are like i said already feeling in those gaps and that kind of thing you believe that's the truth regardless of whether or not that is the truth because that's how you have it in your head and that's what you're latching on to to hold your humanity and to hold your sanity and the madness of everything that's going down and everything so i think that's very simply what this is but again it's so open-ended that it could be fucking anything right yeah it could certainly be anything mm-hmm. that's my problem right <laughs> and i think that that's fair go ahead well i was gonna say is I'll like make my retort to that point for, after you make your point because like if you're gonna have a movie that is so metaphorical it's everything is metaphorical except for the lighthouse <laughs> like and then on top and because uh, i'm i'm with you on, on the concept of it literally just being a lighthouse sure um but if we're gonna pull in all of these other like there's mermaid they also mm-hmm. made the one thing that i thought was weird was they made a distinction between mermaids and sirens but they Mm -hmm. gave the sirens call to the mermaids Mm -hmm. because that's what those screams were i would venture to guess um but they don't really have to do with anything in this story like he just kind of fucks a mermaid at Mm -hmm. some point and and, and like that doesn't feel metaphorical Mm -hmm. to me (laughs) like that that yeah (laughs) and i think if that's what you're like impression of this is that's valid because that's just what it was sure it didn't stir any kind of like like 
it didn't put, connect. I'm trying to say this nicely. Like, it's not that it didn't stir anything creative in you because I know you are creative and you try and connect dots and shit like that. Yeah. When you want. You're very good at that. But it didn't do it for you in this case. Yeah. You know? Like I said, it is an objectively good movie yeah. that I just didn't like. Sure. And, and stuff like that just got really lost on me. And yeah. I was looking for it. I think I make that. And I think you do as well. But I think it's important to make a distinction between a movie that's trying to be mer- metaphorical for the sake of doing so. Mm hmm and making a movie for the sake of making art that happens to be metaphorical because you have like you can find those two B movies where did the person die at the end and it's a C tier fucking they made it on eight thousand dollars and that kind of thing and it's open-ended I wish the writers had just told me what you know and that's fine and everything this was delivered in a in a in a an artistic package I guess is what (laughs) I'm saying and so I think it deserves some credibility for yeah, that absolutely. you know what i mean yeah. I, th- I think it's i think it's kind of like not disrespectful to write it off or anything like that because i don't feel like if you didn't <laughs> have a response to a movie you're disrespecting it by being honest <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> you know what i mean but it deserves credit for those those movies that i'm talking about where it just was straight up lazy writing i don't think anything about the way that these dudes wrote this movie screams lazy to me sure. because of how involved all of the english that they use and it is sure. you know what i mean i think the intention was it for for the intention was for it to be more artistic for the sake of artistry and not for the sake of metaphor and leaving an open-ended story like inception for instance where it's mm-hmm. like the top spinning okay that was just to give people something to talk about on the way home right you know what i mean that's all that that was there which for. which it wobbled so right. <laughs> right it doesn't wobble in the dream <laughs> well he even i mean the dude even came out and said um nolan even came out and said yeah. that he's very much alive and he made it back to out of the dream and everything yeah. so i mean that that is what it is you can believe the director or you can believe yourself congratulations on <laughs> thinking thinking you, you know piece of shit thinking you know more about the story than the director who said it's true <laughs> you know but that's neither here nor there um there's a lot i love about this movie in the scope of um interpretation because i think it can mean a lot of stuff there's a lot of people online the same way that i love annihilation for this reason mm-hmm. there's a lot of people and online that really believe that this is a freudian thing that this is the lighthouse is supposed to be an erect penis and it's about discovering you his know, sexuality his sexuality in this place with this other man who he hates but also can't escape because of the you know what i mean in that kind there's like all of those kind of stories there is it um eggers even said he wanted this to feel like a um uh what's the dude's name i've carl young kind of vibe uh, you know a okay. very like philosophical take on like a folklore story based on like seafaring mermaids and i i get a lot of rhyme of the ancient mariner out of this mm-hmm. um and shit like that so it, it just sort of i think that that has that that instantly gives me rewatch value yeah absolutely. you know because i feel like it's one of those things that i again i've seen this four or five times and i still pick up on shit and i still think i think i was wrong about that so i would love to watch this again and like i don't know anything because that's what philosophy is at the end of the day is where you are in your life in this moment when you're interpreting things and you're reading a philosophy book and that shit you know you interpret it a certain way and you can apply it in a certain way and the more you study philosophy generally speaking the more that you learn that you don't know a whole lot about anything (laughs) (laughs) you know it often has more to do with perspective than it does abject truth I luckily accept that already you know what I mean yeah (laughs) and once you get to a place where you don't believe that anything is true you're in a really good spot philosophically (laughs) so that's kind of how I feel about this movie is I feel like you understand it by not understanding it and that sounds stupid but again i think that that's what the point of this movie is i think it's you're supposed to take from it what you take from it and that's kind of where i'm at with it is like i I, (laughs) just didn't (laughs) yeah well and and that's the thing is like i it's it's 
me not liking this movie doesn't take away from what it did and what it what it is at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You just answered D, none of the above on the multiple choice. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that was what your answer was. Yeah. <laughs> Check. And, and, yeah, and, yeah. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I think um, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, but and and because that's kind of my thing is if there's so much room for interpretation, and I, I'm not saying, I'm sure I came off a little cross earlier. I'm not saying that the no, right, you were just uh, sleepy and you well, didn't you didn't like that we had to record an episode. <laughs> oh no 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 no! I I, I meant with uh, talking about the writing. I, oh yeah. I don't mean that it was lazy writing, like the way that they wrote it and what the the work that they put into it. The storytelling aspect of it to me was frustrating I know to watch a lot. I knew what you mean. Yeah, it, it's it, it is frustrating because, because from your perspective, that tracks more like somebody not having a clear vision of what they were trying to communicate with their work. Yeah, and that kind of thing. And I think that's also fair. Yeah, and I think that's again perspective. That's just person to person. A hundred percent. It's the same type of. I'm I'm the kind of guy that can look at an abstract piece of art, a painting, and say I either like this or I don't like this. There's also people out there that are going to write me a ten thousand word essay on why it's valid. <laughs> I'm that guy with this movie compared to you just saying it's just, you, know what I, you know what I mean and that's what's so cool about this movie to me is it is a conversation piece I think and totally. I think that that's pretty cool um, from a horror perspective there isn't anything that's frightening about this movie to me as much as it is just it definitely tries to teeter that same unnerving feeling mm-hmm. that Eggers does um, something is amiss all the time you never have clarity if he does this with Nosferatu, I will be fucking upset. I can guarantee you he will. Well, I mean, you can do it like The Witch. That's sure. fine. I'm talking about The Witch like, had like a clear story and a clear conclusion, you know, yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah, I see I, what you're saying. Re- yeah. Relatively. Uh-huh. There was still a lot that kind of like, like we even talked about in the episode mm-hmm. where it's like, did they just eat some bad apples mm-hmm. and she's tripping nuts by the end? Sure. Or is this something that like actually happened? And either one, that's yeah. that's some open interpretation that I'm okay with. 100%. When you see the Northmen, you'll know for a fact that Eggers can write a conclusive like because I'm really worried that it's gonna be like story. was he a vampire the whole time right. <laughs> right. it's just Robert Pattinson he takes <laughs> fuck <laughs> he peels off his face and his eyes are twinkling <laughs> this is the blood of a killer Bella <laughs> fuck <laughs> yeah I'm excited for Nosferatu though Nosferatu however the fuck I'm supposed to say it Nosferatu. That's probably it. I don't know. That was a shot in the dark. <laughs> From Russia. <laughs> well, Vlad was. Yeah, true. Transylvania. Um, well, he wasn't from Transylvania. <laughs> I love the hotel there. Mm, their daughter's hot. <laughs> well, Eric, is there anything you would like to say in conclusion of Eric Month? Just that I think I have really good taste in movies. And that's all. So anyways. <laughs> Back to watching Jaws and shit, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I, real quick, I was talking to fucking uh, Alicia from yeah. Wicked, uh, Wicked Dark History and uh, Rambling Broads podcast today. And I was like, we were talking about something and I was like, yeah, it just kind of hits like Jaws for me. And she's like, yeah, I don't understand why you hate Jaws so much. <laughs> She was like, I listened to the episode, and I still don't understand why you hate Jaws so much. I think we were pretty clear. I thought You so. see what I mean? You see how nothing is clear and nothing is true? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's all up for interpretation. Even though you can say no, people think you mean yes. <laughs> That's philosophy, baby. I can, I, can, 
I could sit here and say nothing happened, and then they're like, everything happened. (laughs) What I heard you say was there's a definitive. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. That's not what I said. Uh, All right. Well, guys, just so you all know, we will be taking a, not necessarily a break, um, but we will only be putting out two specials this December, uh, which we're really excited for, uh, one featuring Molly Souza. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Black Christmas, so mm-hmm. get stoked for that. And the dudes from Clay Zombie's Christmas special, yep. also exciting. So definitely check those fun. out. And we'll still be dropping some micro content, and you know, I'm still posting shit on YouTube. You know, so. <laughs> also, oh, we've got pre-screeners coming yeah. per usual. So mm-hmm. super excited for that. Thank you guys for joining us once again. Where it creaks, it cracks, and we laugh at the creatures that go bump in the night. Eric Mont. Eric Mont. <laughs>